Hello and welcome to Note Doctors Summer Shorts. My name is Paul. My name is Jen. My name is Ben. And we are your hosts. We are all university music theory instructors who are passionate about music theory and music theory instruction. In these short episodes, we will be sharing with each other and all of you musical examples and teaching tips covering a wide range of topics. So if you want to know more about music theory and the most effective and innovative ways to teach it, this is the podcast for you. All right, welcome back to our next episode of Summer Shorts. Uh, We are here now talking today about modal mixture or borrowed chords. There are a number of different ways you can uh, describe it. Basically, what modal mixture is taking chords from a parallel mode and mixing them uh, within the mode that you're currently in. The most common would be to be in a major key and borrowing from your parallel minor mode. So being in C major and then borrowing chords or mixing chords that are diatonic in C minor. Or, and you can of course start in minor and do major as well. So, and we are also focusing on composers and songwriters who are, who fit um, kind of the, the non-traditional uh, image of the music theory example. So not dead, not white. And so we're looking for contemporary examples, uh, examples uh, by uh, people of color, uh, uh, different genders. And so uh, we're going to be talking today about modal mixture. And this is one of my favorite, this is just one of my favorite topics to talk about in theory. It's just, it's just a fun topic because you really get into um, different colors, you get into text painting, because composers can really stretch out with, with, with modal mixture, I think. Oh, yeah. It can be, depending on what you're borrowing, it can be either, like, very brightening and kind of, like, opens up the musical space. So if you're borrowing, like, on the flat three, flat six side, or if you modulate there with common tone modulation, that kind of thing, it can be that sort of thing. But then if you're, usually it's when you're in the predominant area, that it's that longing kind of nostalgic mm-hmm. feeling as well. So students love these too. It's it's usually a favorite student topic because these they hear these sounds and they're like, ooh. <laughs> I you love get a lot it of the eyebrow. Like you get like uh-huh. the eyebrows oh, yeah. when they hear these chords, yeah. you know? Ooh, oh, yeah. Up or down. Yeah. All right. So who would like to start off talking about modal mixture? I don't care. Jen, do you want to go? I can go. Yeah, I can go. So I, uh, the song I have for today is by Sarah Bareilles, the uh, singer-songwriter. And this song is called Dear Hope. It actually comes from, um, she partnered with some people and wrote a TV show uh, called Little Voice for Apple TV. And it's about a kind of starting out singer-songwriter in New York City, um, And so all the songs on this album come from season one of that show. So this song is called Dear Hope. And Paul, if you want to put it at like a minute 30, that'll be about right. Can do. All right, here we go. Dear Hope. So this is in the chorus of this song, which is mostly about someone. Obviously, she's she's really sad. The character is very sad. It's a really dark time. And this song is literally a letter to hope as though hope were a person. 
asking hope to kind of like show up in in her life. Um, so this song is in D major. Um, like a lot of Sarah Bareilles songs, it has a strong relationship with with four. So it's in D major, but it starts on a G major seven. A lot of her songs do this. Um, and so when we get to the chorus here, that first leap, dear hope is a so me leap. Um, and early in that phrase, she leaps down to a B flat. But the first time we hear it, it's actually over a one augmented chord, which is really delicious. It's kind of this like, so it's almost like she foreshadows the modal mixture that's throughout the majority of the chorus with this chord that's really kind of unstable and hard to pin down. And then the next time that you hear the the B flat, which when we played the example just now, you heard both of them right away. It's a it's a minor four, six, four. So it's almost like you get kind of the whole picture of where this character is at because you have this sort of deeply unstable chord, this very unsettled feeling. And then when you hear it harmonized again, it becomes this kind of nostalgic longing. And she's literally pleading like, dear hope, please show up because I I think you're there, but I can't find you. So I love this example because the text painting is really easy to kind of connect to as well. Yeah, thinking about the A sharp becoming a B flat mm-hmm. inharmonically and how that affects the 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 longing or the instability in that. That's great. That's great. All right, I'm going to talk a little bit about Bruno Mars. All right, and this is one of my favorite ones. Ben loves it too. Actually, it. he was going to do it too. Up. And <laughs> three three thumbs up. Holy three. smokes! <laughs> uh, this is Ben. Actually, doesn't have three hands. Um, but this is the song "When I Was Your Man." So Ben, if you want to chime in with any other things too, you're welcome to join in. But this is from Bruno's. Actually, his real name is Peter Jean Hernandez. I learned that today. Um, but his from his 2012 album "Unorthodox Jukebox." And this song uses a number of interesting uh, harmonic uh, moves, but there are some really nice examples of modal mixture. Um, two that I'm going to bring bring to uh, to our attention is the use of a flat seven. So in the pre-chorus, there's a move to the flat seven, and up to that point, it's been pretty diatonic. And it's interesting because um, the song is all about his regret in what he should have done to keep this girl you know when i was your man i should have you know gone dancing and bought you flowers and now he's realizing he was um he's made a mistake and on the lyric where he gets the line um too young too dumb to realize that's when we get this flat seven all of a sudden appearing so we're in c major so we get this big b flat chord it's almost like he has this light bulb moment on this surprising um uh, borrowed chord that he he should have uh, done better and then we go into the chorus, and at the very end, he, uh, uh, we have a move from the major four to the minor four, which is you know, a classic, classic example. It sounds so heartbreaking, and so you get this minor kind of plagal cadence happening. Um, and that's when he sings, um, uh, let's see, uh, oh, I don't even have the lyrics here. Take you to every party, because all I want to do is dance. Now my baby's dancing but she's dancing with another man. So we get this major chord. She's dancing. You might be able to hear that. I don't know. I don't know why Mm -hmm. my piano sounds so weird, but then it goes to, (laughs) am I I in a saloon right now? Yeah. (laughs) 
That's wow. That is really wild. What is happening there? Anyways, so you get this major four, but then minor four because she's dancing, but it's not with him. So we're sad about that. So we will kind of start listening to it um, right around that pre-chorus. And so um, we'll hear him end on the he's in c major so we'll hear the tonic and then we'll get to the pre-chorus um you'll hear that surprising b flat and then we'll get into the chorus and at the end of that uh, course we'll hear that major four to minor four when i hear your name it all just sounds like It's heartbreaking. Poor Bruno Mars. <laughs> I'm so oh, pumped right now. I just love that tune so much. I'm so glad you chose that, Paul. <laughs> it's so I'm jumping sad, out of my Ben. Seat. Why are you amped? I'm jumping out of my seat. <laughs> I just get such a thrill out of that brilliance of that lyric combination with it's good. With that modal mixture. There's so much to this. I've, I've recomposed the opening to that tune. I know this is not part of your excerpt, Paul, and I'm, I'm adding on the time, but I apologize. No, I great. promise this 30 seconds will be worth it. The <laughs> opening of the song has this D7, right, which you think, mm-hmm. how many tunes can you name that start on a secondary dominant? Well, Sarah Bareilles has one, love song. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Bruno Mars here has one where you start with the D7, and what you'll think is, okay, well, what is that? Is that a 5-7 of 5, right? That would be kind of your first first reaction. And then if you recompose it to sound like five seven of five, five seven, one, mm-hmm. it just completely wrecks the song. It sounds yep. terrible. It's one of those instances where when you play the quote unquote paradigmatic resolution expected that it absolutely ruins the song. And I had seen actually on a blog, I will not mention the source, but on a blog on the internet that the title was Why Bruno Mars Sucks using music theory oh and it was talking about this song and it was like because that this these things don't happen like because the major four went to minor four instead of five one it was like why this song is Uh. worse and i was like i can't disagree with you more honestly because i think (laughs) that is exactly what makes this song cool Mm-hmm. You know, and that was, that was, I just went on this big kick and rant about it in class one day, and I'm sure my students were tired of hearing me monologue about it, but I just <laughs> love that. That's fantastic. Because I like to show also, like, that very end, that cadence that, you know, what would normally happen, a four to five? And you play that for them, and you're like, well, he's happy that she's not with right. him anymore. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> so right. wrong. Right. right. It's like, thank God she dumped me yeah. and I'm free, right? No, he's sad, right? And so it makes much more sense to have that four to minor four yeah. uh, cadence there. I think that's a great example. I love it. I bring it up every time I teach that. And uh, yeah. It's brilliant. There's. I don't there's think I've ever used like that one before, but I will now. Oh, you got to use it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and, and C also, major, you, so you know. Yeah, C major, super <laughs> easy. Are easy. And you can you can tie that into you know life lessons, you know. So mm-hmm. you know, 
Right. If you wanna if you wanna make that girl or boy happy, you know, you gotta treat you know, them right. Treat them right. There you so go. don't yeah. end up on a minor four, friends. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to be there. You don't want to oh, be there with Bruno. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right. Okay. okay, well, Ben, let me hear let's hear your example of modal mixture. Let us ha- feel a little bit happier. You know, we're kind of <laughs> bummed out. So give us some hope. I hope to be somewhat uplifted here. Yes, I thought a lot about this. I toiled and toiled over which example I was going to highlight, and I decided to go with something that my kids like, which is Moana and How Far I'll Go. I'm sure a lot of you know the tune. When I mentioned it to Paul and Jen, they knew exactly the moment that I was talking about, and it's when Moana is kind of in this somewhat bit of an identity crisis with what should she stay on the island should she go away and then if so like what's going to happen right if she goes away um so the lyric um that is particularly striking in my opinion is um where i long to be or later on what is wrong with me and what happens in those sections is that you get the minor four in a major key, the key is E major, if I'm not mistaken. We'll hear it in a second, but we can correct it wrong. But I think it's E major. And then the A minor, uh, the four chord happens there on where I long to be. You'll also hear actually at the endings of some of the phrases um, where it ends on actually kind of a four, like an A major actually. Um, so, and then to end a phrase on the minor four, I think it makes it even more uh, striking, uh, more emphatic. So yeah, let's take a listen. I take every trail I track, every path I make, every road leads back to a place I know where I cannot go, where I long to be. Be the light of the sun to see, it calls me, and no one knows how far it goes. If the wind in my sand will cease. I like that because she also sings the arpeggiation, right? So it's, it's just perfect there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, I love uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. And I think that was actually Grammy nominated as well. Best song for mm-hmm. visual media or something like that. But yeah. That's great. All right. Well, I think we did a good job with this one. I think our, our enthusiasm about borrowed chords yeah. <laughs> yeah. came out. We love Sky these, high. clearly. We love them. We could have a whole whole series of shorts on borrowed chords. And maybe we'll have to do one on, you know, minor borrowing from, from major, because that um, is a totally different sound, right? Jen, you yeah. mentioned how, uh, mm-hmm. you know, depending on where you're going, it has kind of a, can be a brightening or a darkening. And each of our three examples kind of, kind of darken the sound a little bit more um, because they're moving from major to minor. But of course the, the opposite can be the case if you're going the other direction. All right, well, that wraps us up for this summer short, and we'll be back with more. 